0: Hello, this is Nathan Ray, and this is...
1: This is Finotiel Sabatu.
0: Phanotiel Sabatu. Who are you? How do we know each other?
1: From Highbird Church.
0: <laughs> Did you remember what it was like for us when we first met?
1: A little, I think. You were pretty quiet. When I think, I remember when everyone was like kind of hugging each other, so you weren't really about that kind of life. Just because of like, you know, just like having your own circle. That's just the kind of person you are, I guess, Having having your own bubble. But yeah, so I think the first impression was you were pretty quiet with everyone. What about you? What was your first impression?
0: My first impression of you, we served on the Vancouver mission trip together back in 2018, right? Yeah. And before then, I don't really think I had any kind of interaction with you. Right at the beginning of the trip, I remember that we were stuck in a car together. We were driving down BC, and this was like a really, really awful part of the trip. But I was dealing with a number of sensory issues. I really needed to go to the bathroom. My body was overheating because we couldn't turn down the windows or turn on the air conditioning. And right behind me, you were practicing worship. And you were like playing your guitar. And I was just like, this is just torture. I hate whoever is playing this kind of music. I just wish that they could just shut up and I could just have less of that in my life.
1: That was, yeah, I remember. That was the time you, uh, Naomi, (laughs) Naomi and I. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And, like, later on in the trip, when you got freaked out by that rat scurrying on the floor, it was just, like, in my mind, I was sort of thinking to myself, like, what did you think you signed up for?
1: Not a rat to walk under my feet. I had no idea. Like, I didn't know, like, at a place we were staying as well. Like, I did not expect that at all.
0: We were living in a rented building in East Hastings in BC. It's not like Alberta, where there are no rats, right? Right.
1: Even if it was mice, though, I still would have freaked out. I should have done my research, I guess, about, like, East Hastings more. I didn't know there were, like, you know, but, like, also, you know, you wouldn't really expect it out of place that we would be staying at. I didn't think there would be, like, mice and rats, just, like, you know. But, yeah, mice is, like, even if I see it in my house, I would literally, like, run away. Like, it's just, like, it's just not for me. I just hate them. They're just scary, man.
0: So, overall, I'd say the first impression I had of you was absolutely terrible. (laughs) But I was able to work past that impression, particularly when it came to doing interviews with you and the rest of the team, because I was working on this mini documentary of our time doing missionary work. And in post-production, you were probably one of the clearest people to give an interview. And (laughs) I, I, I got a lot of criticism from people who took issue with me focusing so much on you. But first of all, like the... A documentary could only be so much focused. And if I was going to focus on anything, I was going to focus on the best people for the interview. And second of all, there were three other people who managed to make it in. So I don't Mm -hmm. think it was that (laughs) discriminatory. At least hopefully not.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get it though. Like you were trying to make like a documentary and like at the same time, like you have, it's, like, it's an interview, you know, you kind of have to answer it like in a descriptive way. It's like you are trying to send out a message and everything through the video, but oh well. <laughs> but yeah, I get it. Yeah, I got like where people are coming from as well, for sure.
0: So reminiscing about the past, the distant past, let's reminisce about the more recent past. How do you say that God is working in your life over the last week?
1: um mm. over the last week honestly i don't know god has uh, obviously been has always been on work but specifically last week i'd probably say like i don't know the recent thing i can think of is like this past weekend i went to banff and jasper with some friends and like you know family so like any anyway, that was like pretty hectic to be honest with you the trip just because like we had everything planned out and then people started dropping like one by one they started like canceling because a girl one of my friends had her exams like coming up this week so she had to cancel and then our other friend canceled because of, like, certain, you know, family, like, you know, just, like, issues and just, like, certain other stuff as well. And so that was a little bit, like, stressful. And I had a friend who came out of town for Banff, I guess, to, so, like, check it out and stuff like that. So, like, I really wanted it to happen for that friend for this weekend. But it was very stressful because, like, hotel-wise and everything, because we had everything booked. And it was kind of all on me. You could say, I guess, especially at the hotel part. I had the hotels booked. And then I had to cancel at last minute because I was like, okay, well, we might not go. And if I don't cancel it now, like they're just going to charge me for the hotels. So I canceled it. And then last minute, we changed our minds and we're like, you know, we're going to go. It was very stressful. It really was stressful. And honestly, we all felt like we were all kind of just like forcing the trip because everything was just like not worth. But yeah, you know, God really came through. He showed us. He was like, no, I got you. So hotels and everything obviously worked out at the end. But I don't know. That's like the recent, recent thing I can think of right now. So it was very stressful for sure. And I don't really do good when I'm stressed. I usually like get anxiety and stuff like that. So it was good that like, you know, everything kind of worked out and everyone was like, you know, and the trip went like, you know, just like as smooth as we wanted it to go. And it was very peaceful. And, you know, we didn't have issues with one another. I don't know if that, if that kind of answers the question, but. It's yeah. a good
0: example, I would say kind of reminds me of the lead up to working on this podcast, this particular episode. Mm -hmm. Quick background for listeners. I think for you, you ended up canceling once and then in the lead up, you canceled again and we had to postpone it by about a day. And then on the day of recording, Mm -hmm. we had all of these issues just trying to get the call set up. And it's just like, i don't want this i know
1: i know even that i feel you that was also part of it because like i had just gotten back as well from the trip race i was so exhausted i felt really bad but i was like i like i cannot do this meeting and then also with my computer yesterday i left it on my cousin's like my laptop and i was like oh my gosh i'm like what's happening so i felt really bad i i do apologize for that
0: that's fine as long as we get the show done it's fine
1: yeah true
0: I would say in my own life, God has been working in two ways. First of all, I just got a job offer from Canada Post.
1: Congratulations.
0: And while that doesn't guarantee a consistent income, mm-hmm. it's going back to an environment that I feel familiar with because I used to work for Canada Post between 2018 and 2019. Mm-hmm. I ended up quitting because there weren't enough hours. And now in this particular season, apparently Canada Post is busier than ever because the holiday season is coming up. And so orders are going to steadily increase. There's a measure of hope there. But at the same time, there's also a part of me that feels the need to figure out what else is on the horizon. Like how else am I going to be able to make money? Because if I've experienced anything this year, it's that nothing is really that solid. Mm -hmm. Like everything can come falling down in a matter of minutes and you just have to Mm -hmm. be willing to navigate through the storm. And so that's the first way that God has been working in my life last week. And the second way he's been working is that my family recently just got their taxes done, which might not seem like that much of a miracle. But the thing is, there are two sides of the taxation debate within my family. My mom and I are both very Mm -hmm. anal and particular about getting our taxes done early. My dad and my sister are incredibly apathetic about getting their taxes done at all. (laughs) and because we do all of our taxes together Mm. it's it's sort of like we're kind of at war with each other and we're just trying to like Mm. drag these people into getting their taxes done so that at the very least my mom and i can get a good tax return and it's finally done and i got a good tax return
1: that's good yeah that's good i'm happy for you that's that's great (laughs) obviously the year has been like ups and downs it's been like a very interesting year i think for everyone but Obviously, in your situation, I hope it like showed you that like how like nothing's also impossible, you know, for God, like how everything is possible and like you know what I mean. And God's timing, everything works out because I know you know what I mean with you getting a job and stuff like that, and like with your family as well. So I just wanted to like kind of like throw that in. But no, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy for you. I really am, for sure.
0: Thank you very much, Ben. Now mm-hmm. let's move on to the actual topic of the interview. And let's start off by asking, what's your country of origin?
1: Eritrea, East Africa.
0: From what you remember of it, Mm -hmm. what's that country like?
1: Honestly, I guess from, yeah, when I was there, I loved it. It was obviously home. It's always going to be home. It was peaceful, I guess, in certain ways, to certain aspects, I guess. I don't know. You know, we don't have winter or anything like that. So obviously weather-wise is the best. (laughs) You always got to love it. I love the culture and the people there. But that was, like, when I was younger, of course. So it's been a while since I've been there, though.
0: What did you like about the culture?
1: I feel like everyone, I don't know. I want to say just because, like, it's my culture, you know, I'm, like, in love with it. But I think one of the things that I like about it is that, like, being in Africa, I think we have like a very unique culture because I know like a lot of people when they think of like an African culture, it's usually like they think of like Nigerians or like Ghanians and stuff like that. Like their culture, that's like the typical kind of culture people have in mind, you know, the uh, like just like the imagery of it or so, like just like the, you know, imagination of it. But for, I don't know, um, our culture is like, it's pretty unique. I think it's very different. Like our music and everything, our food, it's very different. I, don't know. I, I just love it. I really do.
0: What would you say are those differences?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, I could say like our traditional like I think that's one of my favorites. Our weddings, how our weddings are set and like just like tradition, traditional uh, stuff that we do. Like, you know, you've seen our weddings. We have like a two-day weddings.
0: What brought you to Canada?
1: What brought me to Canada was actually my dad was here before my sister, my mom and I came through. So it's kind of obviously like, you know, to reunite with my dad and like live together as one, I guess. That would be it.
0: Why was he in Canada?
1: He was here Well, he originally left back home for school. So he got a scholarship, I guess, like when I was like three for like university or so. So he ended up going to U.S. with that scholarship. Then he ended up staying just in the U.S. He didn't want to go back home just because of the situations that are uh, currently happening and that have been happening for years, actually. Especially, I think, I'm not really sure how well you know the history of Eritrea, but like Christianity and stuff like that, it's not really exactly allowed back home. You know, meaning like you can't really like pray or like, you know, publicly like worship God and all that. And my dad is a priest, so obviously that's a problem for him. So because of that, he basically just like ended up staying in U.S. and just says, you know, I'm not going back home because it's just like, that's just, it's just not a safe place for me anymore. And he's also obviously not a supporter of the government. So obviously that's also a problem. If you're not a supporter and you're like public about it, like you can't expect yourself to live. Let me just put it that way. Like they will kill you or like they will imprison you. So he ended up staying here well in the U.S. and then he wasn't able to get his citizenship in the U.S. So there was like, you know, they were taking forever and all that stuff, so he ended up moving to Canada, to make the, you know, the story short, I guess, long story short, I didn't, we didn't really, like, see my dad for, like, seven and a half years, because of that, because our process was taking forever, because my sister and I needed our passports, and in order to get a passport for a child, you need both parents to agree and sign the passport, you know, you need signatures, but because my dad wasn't back home, he wasn't able to do that, so they were like, nah, if you want them to go out, you got to come back in the country, you know, so it's kind of like, It was a lose-lose situation, you could say.
0: You guys weren't able to, say, mail the passport documentation over to him in the States or Canada?
1: Yeah, we tried everything. No, that wasn't allowed because they specifically needed my dad because they knew why he was there, you know, because he got out legally, like he was supposed to come back. That was like the deal he had with the, you know, the country, I guess. But because they know who my dad is, they specifically needed him back. And my dad knew if he goes back, he's just going to go in jail. So he's like, no, like, we're going to figure something out, obviously. And so as a family, obviously, my mom and my dad, they don't want him to come back because of that. But, you know, God is good. We're, we're here now. We've been here for 11 years.
0: And what would you say it's been like living in Canada?
1: Mm-hmm. Obviously, at first, it was very interesting. Like, I don't know, the society was very different, community was different, culture was different, everything was different, you know, language was different. It was just something new to me, especially as a, like, young girl, too, as a little girl, because I came at, an age, at the age of 10. So everything was brand new for me. I wasn't really a big fan of Canada, don't get me wrong, at first. And we also came in March, so snow wasn't for me. I was like, I can't do cold. Like, I cannot do the cold. So obviously, that was a problem at first. But, you know, after a while, I got used to it. Obviously, I knew this was going to be my home now, you know, and it is my home now, you know, but I knew I was like, I got to accept it. you know, later on, I guess, sooner or later. But not having like family members like, you know, close to me or like, you know, like living in my neighborhood or so as I was like used to like, you know, as it was back home, that was obviously a problem at first. But as, as I got to know Canada a little bit more, as I started making friends and all that, like in school and all like I got used to it. And now, to be honest, I love Canada. I love it with all my heart. Don't get me wrong. I would definitely live here. You know, even if back home was great now, if everything goes back to normal, I, I, I don't think I would go back home. I think I got so used to like the Canadian lifestyle, you could say. I don't know. I just, I, lo- I love Canada for sure. You know, God definitely did bless me, to, you know, bringing me here. And I don't think I would be the person that I am now if I hadn't come here. You know, I honestly can't imagine what kind of person I would be, but definitely, he definitely taught me a lot of things. And like, I have like amazing people in my life as well right now.
0: How do you think life would have been like for you if you'd stayed in Eritrea?
1: To be honest, I have no idea. I don't, I really don't know. Like, I don't know if I'll be if I would be in the military. Like, I don't know if I'd still be there. I generally don't know if I would have been done with school, you know, because the life there is so different. All I know is that like, obviously, it wouldn't be as easy as it is right now for me, at least, you know, life is obviously a bit easier here. But I can't even imagine. I really can't. I know for sure God, you know, God's grace has never left my life, I guess you could say, or like my side. So I know for sure, even if I was back home, he still would have done amazing things in my life. But I don't know if I would have like served him as much as I am serving him now, I guess you could say, or at least as I'm like trying to serve him here, I guess publicly and all that, but can't really imagine. I know for sure it would have been different though. <laughs>
0: From what little I do know about Eritrea, there there seems to be quite a bit of hostility between it and Ethiopia. Explain to me and the audience as to why that is and are there compelling
1: reasons for that rivalry? Oh boy. I mean, okay, so obviously, you know, they were in war years ago. I'm trying to like just like put it in a smaller, I don't know, and an easier way for you to understand, I guess. So obviously from, you know, like 1961 until like about 1991, like Eritrea and Ethiopia, they, like, they were in like a long war. And that war was basically because of independence that Eritrea was seeking. So the Ethiopian, uh, what's it called? I guess like, I don't know. Do you know uh the imperial Haile Selassie?
0: Nope, not at all.
1: Okay, so it was basically, oh man, how do I put this? Like, I wish I like... <laughs> Give me a second.
0: You wish you had paid more attention in history class?
1: Yeah, that exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. I actually suck at like history. Not gonna lie to you. It was honestly, uh, can I just put it like they were just all like seeking for independence, I guess, like Eritrea, because like they were all in one, like Eritrea and Ethiopia to be one country. And because of that, you know, there obviously had to be war and like they divided up, I guess you could say, since then.
0: And because of those wars, there's like a lot of hostility between people who wanted independence yeah. and the people who didn't want them to be independent?
1: Basically, I wouldn't say the people, but it's more of a government. Okay. Um, but now it's obviously like, I'm not going to like, I'm not even going to confront like there are Eritreans that hate Ethiopians and there are Ethiopians that hate Eritreans. You know, even though they weren't personally who went to war or whatever, I don't really know. You know what I mean? But they like hate each other because of the love that they have for their countries. But obviously, we've been having problems with them for years and years. Till recently, till Ethiopians, the Ethiopians got new prime minister, and he basically kind of like went over Eritrea to kind of just like make peace with them and everything. So now we're better with Ethiopians for sure. Like at least our governments are like you know they're kind of on the same page-ish. You could say like they're. Uh, They're getting along, I guess. Now, like, our borders were open for a bit, for a while. I'm not, I think they closed them after a while. But, yeah, like, so, like, they're, at least we have peace with them, you could say, now.
0: So, how is it that you, as an Eritrean, especially one who comes from an Orthodox background, how is it that you were able to go to Hybrid, which is a Pentecostal church?
1: To be honest, for me, I never really look at the background or ethnicity of someone. Meaning, like, obviously, like, that's the first question you ask, which I have a shah's when we see each other. We're like, oh, are you have a shower Like, you know, are you not have a shower So, um, and obviously that question was asked a lot when I first went to Hybrid. And specifically, they were like, oh, are you Eritrean or Ethiopian? But we don't actually, like, you know, we didn't really ask each other out of like, oh, she's Eritrean in that case. Like, she's not from us or like, oh, he's Ethiopian in that case. I can't be friends with him kind of thing. It wasn't like that, but it was just like out of like curiosity. But that being said, for me, honestly, I love my Ethiopians. Like, I love my Ethiopian friends. M- like, majority of my friends are Ethiopians now too just because not because they're like how do I put this like I don't know for me being Eritrean wasn't really a problem like when I was like kind of meeting the Ethiopians and hybrid um just because like it wasn't really about the ethnicity that we were looking at when we're you know when when we're like even now when we're joining a church like to worship God it, it's more of like our faith and like our relationship with God because usually most of the conversations that we have isn't about like back politics or back home or you know, all that stuff. It's usually about God or like just about our current lifestyle kind of thing or like about our current life and like what's really going on, I guess. it was So like about school or like work and all that. So when I first went to hybrid, obviously like there were questions of like, oh, like are you Habesha or like are you Eritrean or Ethiopian? Which it's just like a habit I think we've made, I guess, like in our lives, I guess to do. I don't know if that makes sense. Like we just ask questions like that, like always. But it's not out of like, oh, like if he or she is Ethiopian, In that case, I don't know if I could get along with them just because of what happened in the past. Like, no, like, at the end of the day, we are children of God. So, like, we are brothers and sisters, you know, in Christ, which means it shouldn't be a problem for me. So, like, going hybrid with majority of, like, Ethiopians, for me, that was nothing. It wasn't, like, it wasn't a huge change. I was like, they're still Habesha, they're still people. And I still love them. Even if they, if majority of them were, I don't know, you could say white or, like, other Black ethnicities, still wouldn't have changed my uh, perception of hybrid. Or my love for hybrid, I guess. I still, I think I still would be part of it as I am right now.
0: Would you say that it was more of a reach for you to go from an environment that was focused on Orthodox tradition into an environment that was more focused on Pentecostal Christianity?
1: Um, Yeah, for sure. A little it was. Obviously, because like we worship differently, you know. But I started going to hybrid, like, I don't know, years ago as well. So, like, even growing up, even though, like, I was Orthodox, I grew up Orthodox and everything. Like, I and I was, like, used to just, like, how Orthodox worship. I, like, used to go to a lot of, like, Bible studies within my Orthodox denomination, like, at our churches. So, they had, like, children's ministries and everything. So, growing up, that's what I did, majority of it. So, because of that, like, a hybrid, the way they were, like, teaching and everything. was, for me, at first, it was kind of just, like, another, like, Bible study, not Bible study, but like another like children's gathering kind of thing. So like not, You know, like kind of like children's ministry-ish, just because like almost everyone was like around the same age and everything. So for me, it wasn't like a huge, huge like shock because I knew how Pentecostals like worshiped as well. But yeah, obviously it was different for sure at first, but now it's normal, I guess. I like, it doesn't really shock me or anything like that.
0: What would you say are the differences in worship between those who are Orthodox versus those who are Pentecostal?
1: Well, to begin with, in Orthodox, the way we sit, like are sitting kind of like I don't know where we sit I guess like the woman and the men were separated in Orthodox so like men sit on one side and women sit on the other side that's one thing I could say like the way we worship is like very different just like how the church is set up I guess two women cover their hair though those are like the typical things that you notice when it comes to like Pentecostal the differences between Pentecostal and Orthodox women cover their hair when they worship in the Orthodox denomination Christianity whereas in Pentecostal they don't in Pentecostal it's kind of like I guess you're kind of free to wear whatever you want ish that's how like this just like how people perceive it as well even like Pentecostals themselves I know a lot of females like even if you ask them to like I don't know like if they're wearing like a certain top or whatever and it, and you don't feel like it's appropriate for church and you make a comment on it they automatically get or and they're like no like I can wear whatever I want like it's not bad and it's like okay well if you don't feel convicted or like if you don't feel you know anything wrong with it then like that's fine I guess but, in Orthodox, they're very like harsh on that kind of stuff, like how you dress the church and everything. But when it comes to the worship worship aspect of it, I'm Orthodox, we do uh, congregational prayers, so meaning one of the things that like our congregational prayers is like we pray together for when before we take the Holy Communion, which often happens every weekend, and I know in Pentecostal I know not not every church doesn't do it every weekend because I know in Hamilton the church. Uh, that I've attended a few times, the Pentecostal one, of course, they do communion every weekend, whereas in hybrid, I think we do it, like, I don't know. They correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, I think it used to be once a month, if I'm not wrong, before.
0: I don't actually remember when the last time we had communion.
1: Yeah, I don't either, but, like, also because I'm not really there much anymore because of school, of course, so I don't really know how often they do it, but I know they don't do it as often, so, like, Orthodox, that's, like, something big. We do communion a lot every weekend or like every two week, every second weekend or so but that being said the way we do our communion is like we do it as one as a congregation we do the prayers together and everything whereas in hybrid it's like oh yeah I just pray on your own for like five minutes or so and then take the communion so that's very different you could say also the way we do our music obviously is different but also that also has to do with a lot with like which as well but Pentecostal is more of a like the western kind of like modern kind of music whereas in uh orthodox they're getting there now but like it's more of a traditional it's very like you know calm it's not super like i don't want to say loud but like i don't know the way we worship is very different like it really is like just like music wise as well but like when it comes to giving the word i guess it's the same thing like orthodox does the same thing as pentecostal it's the but we use the bible and we worship god at the end of the day
0: would you say that the worship is more ethereal uh light airy tenuous so uh i i guess like
1: honestly no i wouldn't say it's more if you know ethereal but i think they both have like a unique way of like worshiping god and that's why i love both of them like just as equally you could say Just because, like, Orthodox does it in a way that, like, at least the elders could, like, relate to. And that, like, that kind of shows, like, the church kind of, like, tradition of, like, of how, I guess, like, the, like, you know, the olden days kind of thing of the way they worship. But at the same time, like, now, like, even at my church with the Orthodox Church, like, we do modern songs, you know. We do, like, the new Orthodox songs that people are writing. So it's not typical, like, old songs or so or anything. It's not even, like, hymns or anything like that. And, like, we don't do hymns, but it's just, like, because we don't really use instruments, though. Like, you know, guitar and, like, piano and stuff like that. So, it makes it seem as if, like, it's, like, an older kind of style song. But it's kind of, like, I guess the same thing. But, like, when it comes to Pentecostal, too, I think sometimes, like, our worship, I think they do take it, like, out of hand, I want to say. Just because, like, sometimes, like, I don't know, the way they worship, it could, like, kind of push off people or, like, scare off, like, new believers Because it's like, can we be a little bit humble, like when we're worshiping kind of thing, like the way they do like music and everything. So I don't know. I think they both have like different, like, I think they have like similar balance, you could say, because Pentecostals through their music, through their modern style, they're bringing a lot of like young adults, a lot of youth, like they're attracting new believers. You know, in the younger age, whereas in Orthodox, a lot of young adults are not exactly you know attracted to it just because, you know, they can't really relate to it. It's not really like worldly, like kind of seemingly, I guess, like worldly looking or like, you know, music. But they definitely are like trying to keep that tradition and like they definitely have that humbleness as well through their music and like through their worship. And I know a lot of even Pentecostals say that. I've heard so many like pastors and just like so many of my like Pentecostal friends say how humble Orthodox is like the way they worship God. It's very like humble. It's really like down to like God, like straight out. But like we're in Pentecostal, sometimes it can throw you off because you could be like, oh, what? Like, why are we like, I don't understand why we're doing it this way kind of thing. But I think it's, I don't know, it really depends on the person.
0: There are times when I'm just worshiping at hybrid and I kind of think to myself, why are we singing the song the way that we're singing it? Yeah. But that's, mm-hmm. that's another topic for another time. You mentioned that you were going to school over in Hamilton, right? Yeah. What specific school would that be? And what would you describe as your purpose for attending that campus?
1: So the school is called Redeemer University. It's a Christian university. One of the reasons I chose that school was because it was a Christian university and I really wanted to be like in that Christian environment, especially being away from home. I just felt like just in case I don't find a church right away, at least I'll have like other people who believe in the same God as me and like who are also Christians, I guess. Like I think it's good to be in that kind of environment and community at least every day in your life or so at least you could try. But one of the reasons I chose, one of my other reasons that I chose that school was because of my program, like social work. And that's the program I'm studying right now. And their program is not specifically in, like just focused on social work, but it's applied social sciences. And then you can major in social work if you'd like, or you can just do the applied social sciences. So that's something that really attracted me to that school, just because like, that means... They'll teach you different things aside from like social work. I always wanted to do like like a study in ministry, like in any kind of ministry, but specifically in like missions. And so they had that program. So I was like, okay, this could be a good balance because the school kind of forces you to do double majors or a major and a minor. So I just decided to do a major and a minor instead. And I'm doing it in missions right now. And I guess like I have like, I think one class left to finish my minor. And then I'm done after that one or two classes left.
0: And so what would you see as the long-term vision for what you want to achieve after university?
1: Well, like I said, I am studying social work. And going back to, like, you remember East Hastings? One of the reasons I went there was because I see myself working with homeless community. I have, like, a big heart for them. They really have, like, I don't know, they're just, like, very special in my heart, I guess. I love helping people, but specifically in the homeless community. I just feel like a lot of people neglect them, especially some Christians so they neglect them and stuff like that. So at least I want to be one of those people that like really uh, takes her time and like focuses on them while trying to like spread the gospel to them while trying to like, you know, minister the gospel to them. So just exactly what, like what we did in East Hastings, but obviously it wouldn't be just like giving them food or whatever, but kind of like helping them in a way that like you can change their lives. And one of the an idea that I have, one of my ideas for that is, I kind of want to open a coffee shop or like some kind of business where I only hire homeless people and that way like I'll get them started in life because I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of majority, I don't want to say all of them because you know it's different for every case but majority of the homeless people in our communities is because that they're still homeless is because they don't have a job and I feel like at least if you provide them with a job that way that could help them get a residency and like a home and like an apartment. And that way they can get started in their lives, you know, because I see a lot of them being rejected when they apply for jobs and all that. So that's one of the reasons why I'm like, I'm doing social work. And through that, obviously, I want like the business to be like under the Christian, you know, aspect, I guess you could say vision. And like that way, hopefully, you know, I don't know, some people come to Christ through that.
0: If people are homeless because of, say, personal problems, mental health issues, drug addictions, how do you think you'd be able to help them through that while at the same time being their employer?
1: Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think that's a, that's a really good question, actually. Um, I would say because the business would be focused on making changes, it wouldn't be about making money. It really wouldn't. It would be more of a like making a change in their lives. So that being said, I think having that kind of vision and that kind of like mindset and like goal in the back of my head and in the back of the business, is uh, you know, in the back of the goal of the business, I guess, I think if I was to get like someone with like, you know, mental health problems, or just any like addiction or so I think that would give them the chance to kind of just like work on themselves, even if they like, fall or like, if they make mistakes while working in the business, I think I would be understanding because I would know that like, Even though their addictions or whatever might affect the business as a business, meaning like, you know, when it comes to making money and everything, I got to I think I'll still keep in mind that like that that's not what this business is about. And like if they can somehow like, you know, work in themselves while working here, even if it takes them years, then like let it be it. You know, I think I got to like kind of like have I don't know if that makes sense, but like I kind of have to like keep that in mind.
0: I would say like you want to keep the business going for as long as possible, right? your startup money, it's going to run out. And so I understand where you're coming from and where, what your heart is. But at the same time, though, I would also, looking on as an outsider, there's a part of me that wonders what kind of risk protection you would engage in too. Like, for example, mm-hmm. you, you could bring on someone who has a drug addiction and they might say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm doing what I can yeah. to move past it, but if they never get to that point because they're not motivated enough to be that way, then I don't know, where do you go from there?
1: Can't really give like the exact answer. Like
0: obviously you still got some time to think about it. Yeah. Like I can understand you wanting to bring on people who are broken and who need fixing, but at the same time, from experience in my own life and in talking to other people there are people out there who just don't want to be fixed.
1: Of course. Yeah. And like you said, I do have time. Um, It's not like it's going to happen like, you know, next year or whatever, but obviously I think there are going to be restrictions too, you know, when I hire them and obviously if, like, I'm not just going to let them like stay there for 10 years and like, you know, if they're not making any changes then obviously like they, they're going to, I'm going to have to like, I don't, I don't want to say kick them out, but I'm going to have to like, let them go. I guess you could say just because of like, I am trying to like help them change their lives. But like if they're not trying, then like there's no point of having them take that space for someone that might possibly be waiting, you know what I mean, to change their lives. So it's like if there's someone else that's willing to like actually work towards, you know, getting a home and like, just like, a, I don't know, making a difference in their lives. then like, why would I like block them off? Because just because I have someone else that isn't really putting into the effort, but I feel like, they should so like obviously there are going to be times where it's gonna there are going to be difficult times where I I might have to say like I'm sorry but like you like I can't have you here anymore yeah you know but that's a that's a really good question I haven't really thought about that I'm glad you asked for sure
0: Glad to bring it to your attention so before we end things off if I might ask is there anything you'd want to plug
1: no not really
0: (laughs) fair enough I'm glad to have brought you on. I'm glad that we've been able to have this conversation. It's definitely been yeah. uh, quite illuminating in certain regards, especially when it comes to learning about your heritage and learning about your perspective.
1: Yeah, it was an honor being here. I appreciate it. I'm glad you had me and glad you were patient with me, you know, canceling.
0: <laughs> That's totally fine.
1: Yeah, thank you. And it's obviously, it's it's my first podcast, by the way, like ever, so... We'll see how this looks or turns out at the end. (laughs) But I'm glad to have been here. Yeah, thank you.
0: You're welcome. See you guys. This has been Because We're Not the Same, a podcast hosted, produced, and edited by Nathan Raymond Ray with special guest, Fenotil Sabatu. To listen to more episodes, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Verbal, iHeartRadio, or Podbean. You can also visit our Facebook page or our website, bwntscast.wordpress.com. If you're interested in coming on the show as a guest, feel free to reach out to us and we'll see about having you on. Thank you for listening.